Hey, hey, welcome to episode 130 here on the Yours Chuli podcast. My name is Claire Tuning. If you're new here, I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and woman behind all things here at Yours Chuli Nutrition, and of course, the podcast as well. So here on episode 130, you're actually getting another solo episode with just me. I'm trying to do a couple more of these to sprinkle in between our guest interviews so I can answer some questions that I often get on all things intuitive eating. But today I'm going to be talking about something that I call functional eating. It's kind of like when intuitive eating meets real life. So I'll tell you more about that here in a couple of moments, but I first have a couple of announcements to offer since we are still in March. Actually, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it airs. We have exactly one week left in March 2021. This is National Nutrition Month, which is no secret if you've been here on the podcast. I feel like I've been talking up March and National Nutrition Month for weeks at this point, which I have been since we are almost at the end of March. But because it is National Nutrition Month, I actually have two special things going on that I want to make sure you are aware of. So if you are listening to this episode on the Wednesday that it comes out, I think the date is like the 24th or something like that, I don't know, I'm recording this ahead of time and I don't have my calendar right in front of me, but if you're listening to this on the day it drops, then tomorrow on Thursday the 25th, I actually have a webinar that I am hosting in honor of National Nutrition Month. I'm calling this webinar, Take Back Your Plate, Three Gentle Nutrition Strategies to Help Make Food Fun Again. So we're gonna be talking about a lot of things in this one hour time block, so buck Buckle up and get ready if you plan on being there. But to give you an idea of what we're going to be covering, well, I'm going to be offering three simple, gentle nutrition strategies that you can incorporate into your life as soon as the webinar ends. And these are tips that are going to help you view nutrition from a non-diet perspective. They'll help you rediscover pleasure and satisfaction in your eating. And they're also going to help you take some of the fear and the guilt out of fueling your body if that is something that you currently struggle with. So registration for this webinar is $12 USD and includes access to the live webinar, access to a replay recording in case you can't make it live tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. EST. And you're also going to get a take home making food fun again guidebook that is going to be filled with tips and takeaways and maybe even some fun recipe ideas. Hint, hint. So you can register for this webinar. Again, it is live tomorrow night, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. So your time to register is limited, but you can visit the link in my bio, either on Instagram or TikTok, or you can also check out the link below in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this episode. And I hope to see you there because it's going to be a fun time. You have my word. There will be um, lots of (laughs) Claire style food puns included if you choose to show up. 
But one other announcement that I have along the lines of National Nutrition Month is that I'm actually offering a special on our intuitive eating discovery course. So if you're at a place in your life right now where you're kind of feeling a pull to work on your relationship with food and you feel that now might be the right time for you to get started or to get the ball rolling, then I have a gift or this special that I would love to share with you. So the gift is actually $100 towards your enrollment in my signature intuitive eating discovery course. I created this course for individuals who are interested in stopping that cycle of yo-yo dieting and having fear and guilt surrounding their food choices, but maybe they don't know where to begin. I know for a fact that there is no lack of information out there about intuitive eating, but a lot of my previous clients have shared with me that they struggled to know where to start and how to actually implement the principles of intuitive eating into their daily lives. So if this is you, you are in the right place and you have exactly one more week uh, to take advantage of this $100 gift. So the course, very briefly, it has eight guided coaching lessons. There are downloadable PDF worksheets that go with each coaching lesson for you to set goals after each module. You'll also get lifelong access to a private Facebook community that is exclusively for course participants where you can ask questions, watch live video trainings, gain support from both myself and others in the course. And there's also a lot of bonus content that you will get for free with your enrollment in the course. So if you want to learn more about this course and see if it is the right fit for you and not only claim your spot today, but also your $100 gift toward your enrollment, you can visit clairetuning.com slash course. Again, clairetuning.com slash course. And as I mentioned earlier, for that $100 off of your enrollment in the course uh, for March only, so this is only going to be a valid code until next Wednesday, March 31st, but you can enter the code March 2021 at checkout, all caps, Altogether, no spaces. Again, March 21 at checkout for $100 off of your enrollment in the Intuitive Eating Discovery course. And you can use that gift either on the paid in full investment, or you can also apply it to the first month of the four month flexible payment plan. And if you choose to apply it to the first month of that four month payment plan, then that first payment becomes only $25. So again, if you are interested and checking that out. I hope you will, and I hope to see you in our course community very, very soon. But changing gears a little bit at this point in the episode is typically where I would share a yours truly goal slayer featured post of the week from our general free private Facebook community. But I figure we have had enough announcements, enough of the back end stuff today. So I'm actually going to save our featured post from this week and insert it into next week's episode when I have another amazing guest joining me. So that just brings us to the main topic of what we are here to focus on today, which again is a really important topic within the intuitive eating framework that I call functional eating. But like I said earlier, it is kind of where reality comes to meet some of the intuitive eating principles. 
And in order for us to talk about this topic, we first have to talk about a concept that is really central here in intuitive eating. And it's something that you have probably heard me talk about a fair amount here on the podcast if you have been with me for multiple episodes. And this is the fact that food is meant to be something that is satisfying and pleasurable, right? If food were just fuel, then we wouldn't have so many traditions that center around food. We wouldn't care about how our food tastes, but we do do those things, right? We care about how our food tastes. We want it to be yummy. At least I do. I can only speak for myself. And we also have so many traditions, be it something maybe in your culture, whether it's a celebration, maybe it's something around a holiday where food is a central thing that kind of ties a lot of these experiences together. Because food is so much more than just the fuel itself, right? It is meant to be something that brings people together, that is an expression of creativity, of culture. It is meant to be satisfying and pleasurable, like I said earlier. And though, at the same time, we have to be very realistic in saying that not every eating experience is going to be the most satisfying and enjoyable thing ever, because sometimes eating just has to be functional. And this brings us to our topic today of functional eating. So I I wanted to dress here, uh, address rather, right here up top that of course we want our food to taste good and we want it to be satisfying and something that we can look forward to when possible. But we also have to be very realistic in saying that sometimes food is just food. Sometimes we do have to treat it like fuel in order to make it through the day, in order to meet our energy needs. And it is okay if you've had times in your intuitive eating journey when you maybe don't find everything super satisfying or you don't find food exciting because there are going to be times where we need to have this balance of some of my eating experiences are great and I love them. And there are other times when They kind of just are there to get the job done and give me energy. So I have two tips that I would like to share here along the lines of functional eating. And if this is sounding familiar to you, then you're probably a member of my free private Facebook community because I actually did a video on this very topic a couple of weeks ago at this point. I do a weekly live video series called Two Tip Thursday, and these were actually two of the tips that I offered in that video. So if this is sounding familiar, feel free to pause the episode here here and rejoin us again for a new topic next week. But after I ended that live video in the Facebook community and there was so much positive feedback, I felt that I had to to capture this in another way and put it out there on a larger platform. But if this topic is new to you, again, I have two tips that fall under this topic of functional eating and why it's important and how we can use it and how it fits into having a healthy and a positive relationship with food. Tip number one is that we have to work to let go of this expectation that with intuitive eating, every eating experience is going to be incredible, amazing, super tasty, and satisfying. Uh, That would be nice if that were true. And I've had so many people come into this process and work with me one-on-one kind of with this idea or expectation that 
every meal now that I'm not dieting is going to be so good and it's going to be so exciting and it's going to be something that I'm always looking forward to. And while that might be the case sometimes, and while it is important to explore ways to make our eating experiences enjoyable when we have the time and the energy and the bandwidth to be doing so, we also have to understand that there is no such thing as a perfect eater. There is no such thing as always having eating experiences that are exactly what we are looking for because every snack and every meal is going to be a little bit different depending on the ingredients we have on hand and the environment that we are in and the time that we maybe have or don't have to prepare something. So first, I really just wanna invite you to uh, latch on to this idea that yeah, finding that satisfaction factor like we see in, I think it's the sixth principle of intuitive eating that is important and that is something that we want to explore and have conversations about, but at the same time, that is not the end-all be-all of eating. Sometimes eating just has to be for fuel, for functional purposes, etc. Which kind of brings me to tip to here. So once we have let go of the expectation that every meal is going to be so good and we've come into the reality that there will be times when food is food, that is okay, that is part of having a normal and a healthy relationship with food, we have to realize here with tip number two that at the end of the day, fed is best. Now, this is typically a phrase that we hear in like the baby feeding community, right? In the the topics uh, where people are maybe arguing about being breastfed or being bottle fed and some people will like shout from the rooftops, fed is best, right? As long as the baby is getting nourishment and the nutrients that it needs to survive, then that is what we are looking for when we're raising baby. But this analogy, I guess it's not really an analogy as much as it is a saying, this saying of fed is best applies to adults too. Because sure, if you have the chance to make something really yummy, you have the time, you have the ingredients on hand, you maybe have like Uber Eats on your phone that you can dial up and get exactly what you want laid out there right in front of you, that's amazing. And sure, go for it if that is your situation. But if you don't have the chance, the energy, the time, or just if the situation you're in doesn't allow for having that really satisfying meal at the snap of your fingers, know that sometimes, again, I've said it like a thousand times in this episode so far, but food does just have to be functional and it just has to get the job done. So what I'm gonna do here for the next couple of moments is I'm going to list out some examples that I have seen play out with my current and my past clients. Uh, People send me DMs about this kind of stuff because I want to offer some real life situational examples of how uh, food might need to be functional and how we need it to be that way in order to survive. So this might apply to anyone who has to eat on a certain schedule due to your job responsibilities or other responsibilities that you have on you throughout a certain day. Something that comes to mind here, uh, a lot of different roles, but especially individuals who maybe do shift work. So for example, 
all the people in the healthcare industry who have been really working overtime and then some over the past year, especially. I know you all did that before the pandemic, but man, in pandemic times, I can't say I understand, but I can imagine how it has been so exhausting. And when you are working a schedule, maybe like a nurse has, when you have breaks, only at specific times and maybe the environment that you're working in has to be sterile so you can't be like i don't know munching on some trail mix while you're (laughs) trying to to get medications ready for your patient well it makes sense that in that moment you are probably going to have to eat whatever is on hand whatever you brought whatever is available when you have the opportunity to And that might not always align exactly with your hunger cues. It might not always align with your preferences in the moment. But in that type of situation, it sounds like there really is not another option than to have the food or the eating experience be functional, to have it serve as energy. So you can just make sure that you can make it to the end of your shift, maintaining some level of energy or at least adequate blood sugar that is not dropping too low. Another time where functional eating might come into play is maybe a time when you don't feel super hungry, but you know your body needs fuel. I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with that nursing example, right? The example being maybe it comes time for your break. Maybe even some of you nurses are laughing and you're saying, what break? I know I have a couple of nursing friends who say there are some days there literally is not a break there. So I I apologize if the analogy isn't quite landing or maybe is not reflective of the reality of being a nurse, but hopefully you understand what I mean when you have a designated period of time where you are allowed to be eating based on the rules or the requirements of your work environment. And in that moment, when it is time for your break or it's time to step away from the sterile environment or the kids in the classroom, whatever that might be, you might not be hungry in that exact moment, but maybe rationally, you know that if you don't eat anything and then you go multiple more hours to make it to the end of the day without having any fuel, then you know at that point you will be even more exhausted, running completely on fumes. So maybe it would be an appropriate decision in that moment, even though you're not feeling hungry, to act out of body respect or you know respect for your body's basic need of being fueled and have something there in that moment and let it be functional, even if it doesn't sound super appealing. Uh, another example that would kind of fall under this category of you're not feeling hungry, but you know you need fuel, is anyone who is in recovery from any sort of eating disorder, disordered eating, restrictive dieting, where you've passed through some period of time where you have not been eating enough. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but we know one of the consequences of not eating enough, and maybe a more appropriate way of phrasing that, I should say, is one of the survival mechanisms that our body kicks into gear is lowering our metabolism, slowing it down. It is 
adapting to the energy that we're giving it, the energy that it has to survive. And as a result of that, over time, as our metabolism slows, as we're learning to survive, notice I said survive, not thrive. We are not thriving in this moment, but as we've learned to survive on less food, the body also will stop sending us those regular hunger cues. Maybe it sends you them less often. Maybe they are less obvious because the body has learned, you know, hey, if there's not enough fuel for me to thrive, then I need to conserve energy in any way, shape, or form. And one of the ways that it will do that is by not sending those strong hunger cues that would be reflective of someone with a revving and a healthy metabolism. So the example here, again, you might not feel hungry if you're in recovery from any type of restrictive eating, but that does not mean that your body doesn't need fuel in order to heal. I always say to my clients who are recovering from a restrictive pattern of eating and their hunger cues aren't there, they're having trouble connecting to those hunger cues, I tell them the absence of your hunger cue does not negate your body's need for adequate fuel. Now the good news is when we eat in a functional setting, right? Coming back to the topic of our episode, when we fuel our body, even in the absence of those cues, the hope is, and the reality is that over time, those cues will restore to more adequately reflect the needs of our body. So, you know, you can rest assured that if you're in this position, eating won't always have to feel functional for the indefinite future, but you're likely going to have to pass through a time where we treat it more as a means to an end. It is functional, even if it doesn't sound like a hundred percent what we want to be doing in that moment. We need to act out of care and respect for our body and allow that fueling window to be functional. Another example here of not feeling hungry but knowing you need to eat are maybe individuals who are on certain medications that alter how they experience their hunger cues. So maybe this, in this specific example, are medications that quiet or lessen the hunger cues. Again, here we have to rely on that head knowledge of, okay, I know this medication does not absolve my need for fuel to you know to eat throughout the day so we have to lean on that head knowledge saying okay maybe eating is going to have to be functional i have to feed my body in order to survive and in order to thrive and that is what eating might have to look like at least for the time being Uh, also another example two final ones that i will add in to this category i hope Me offering these examples is helpful in getting you to visualize where functional eating might come into play and why it's really important, even if it's not as much talked about with intuitive eating as something like honor your hunger and find the satisfaction factor is and and stuff like that. But uh, two more examples. One are those struggling with things like anxiety and depression. These things can most definitely have an impact on how we are feeling or experiencing the sensations that arise within our body related to food. So if you are struggling, if you have ever struggled with these things and food just doesn't sound enticing, nothing sounds satisfying, nothing 
I don't know, wet your whistle, <laughs> we can use that analogy, uh, might be a time for us to view eating as something that is functional and as something that we can do for our bodies as an act of self-care. And lastly, pregnancy. I cannot say that I've ever gone through this personally, but from my friends who have been pregnant, from my clients who I've worked with who have gone through this, and they have children now, of course, uh, many of them have shared with me, especially in that first trimester, those strong feelings of nausea at times, knowing especially in this situation that when you're growing another human being when you are housing and nurturing a new life we definitely need to be fueling and getting adequate amounts of energy and vitamins and minerals to support that growth this is definitely a time when functional eating comes into play whatever you can stomach whatever you can get down whatever doesn't sound completely awful in the moment just getting some sort of energy again is that act of self-care and is that act of being able to grow another human and support life uh final one that I wanted to give as an example here is where functional eating comes into play. Fueling for a sport or a certain movement practice sometimes needs to be functional. So I'm going to keep this example brief because anyone who knows me personally, you know I do not claim to be an athlete, I am not a runner, anything like that. I honestly joke with people, especially Austin, my intern, if you're listening, you've definitely heard me say this joke many a times because Austin is a runner. I am not. I say, if you ever see me running on the streets, you best start running too because I am likely running from something. <laughs> I am voluntarily picking up my walk pace into a jog. Anyways, I digress. I was just giving that laughable story uh, as a reason to describe why I'm going to keep this example brief because I definitely do not claim to be an expert in all things sport nutrition, but I do know the basics from my training as a dietitian, of course. And sometimes when we are participating in movement in general, but especially intense forms of movement, like running for longer distances, doing something like a triathlon. I'm literally trying to rack my brain right now for more intense things movement-wise that I obviously am not familiar with. But when we are exerting this type of intense energy, we are not going to be feeling strong hunger cues in the moment or maybe even soon thereafter the movement ends. However, like we've talked about throughout this episode so far, an absence of hunger cues is not always an indication that we don't need fuel, especially in the case of someone who is engaging in this type of movement, like a distance run, for example. Again, I cannot speak from experience, but if anyone who is listening is a runner, you know that you typically carry something with you if you're going over X number of miles, some sort of quick 
sugar source, some sort of quick fuel, whether it's like a a Gatorade chew or um, a quick snack of some sort. Maybe it's like even candy because that is a very easily digestible form of sugar and fuel for the body. But that is a, a really wonderful example of a time when eating has to be functional, right? In that moment, in the middle of a long run, you're not going to be thinking, hmm, what is the most satisfying thing that I could sit down and have right now? You're probably not going to be thinking about that spaghetti dinner with the meat sauce and the cheese on top, like right in the middle of a run, because if you pause to eat that and you kept running, you might not feel so hot. Again, not speaking from experience, but uh, I can imagine. <laughs> Whenever I eat a spaghetti dinner, I just want to relax and lie down afterwards. But in that moment, the body still needs some sort of fuel to keep you running, quite literally. All of my puns are intended, I promise you, uh, to keep you running and fueled in that moment. And oftentimes that has to come through a very functional fuel source. So I hope you all found those examples to be helpful. Um, one final tactical tip that I might add, especially for anyone who maybe uh, identifies with those examples that I was listing about not feeling hungry, but knowing you likely need to eat something anyways. Um, one thing that many of my clients have found to be helpful, and I think I've offered this tip at some point here on the podcast, definitely in some of my TikTok videos, but you might consider the idea of setting some alarm reminders, whether it's on your phone, maybe a smartwatch, maybe you even write the reminder down on a sticky note and keep it in an environment where you spend a lot of time, but some sort of external reminder to uh, let you in on the fact, hey, we need to eat something, Eating might not sound super satisfying right now, but it needs to be functional because like I said at the, the start of this episode, we have to exist in this, you know, and space where sometimes food is fun and it is delicious and we look forward to it and we eat something that is satisfying. And at the same time, not all eating experiences are going to be like that and we have to have space for both of these ideas, for both of these experiences with food in an intuitive approach to eating. And on that note, we have come to the end of my thoughts, at least for now, on this topic of functional eating. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you got anything out of this episode, if you appreciate anything that I share here on the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you could take a couple of moments and tap the five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You could also leave a review if you feel so inclined. Having that positive feedback and the encouragement there in the rating and review section is really what helps the show to grow and reach more individuals. If you are not listening on Apple Podcasts, you can still help out if you feel so inclined by taking a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode today, putting it on social media, whether it is a story of yours, whether it is a post, be sure to tag me at Claire Tuning so I can celebrate the fact that you're listening and maybe we could even have a little chat over DM as well. But again, thank you so much for being here. I hope to see some of you. Maybe we could have like a 
a podcast fan group in the chat function at our webinar tomorrow evening. Again, final reminder, that is our National Nutrition Month webinar, three gentle nutrition strategies to make food fun again. If you want to sign up, you can find the link to registration in the show notes of this episode or in the link in my bio on either Instagram or TikTok. So I hope to see you there. And if not, that's cool too, because I will be back next Wednesday for another episode here on the Yours Julie podcast. But until then, take care, eat more PB&J, and we'll talk soon. Yours Julie, Claire.